listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hello and welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello, everyone. Today we thought we'd talk to you all about um, bringing home a new little edition, a four-legged kind edition, um, a little puppy coming into the household. It's pretty exciting time actually and um, oh, if anyone's ever seen a puppy, you know how cute and adorable they are and you just want to squish them. But especially, especially your puppy. Yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> my puppy. Yeah. No. And, well, your own puppy. Whoever it is, your puppy yes. is especially cute. Yeah. It is, that's right. Yeah. So apart from all the cuddles and the love and – probably picking their name, These there is a lot of things that you've got to do when you get a puppy and bring them home. There's a bit of a health checklist and some things that you must do as a new owner. So uh, we thought we'd talk to you about those things, just um, what exactly to keep in mind for caring for a new puppy, a yep. new addition. So, Glenn, where do we start? Where do we start? I mean, most puppies come home um, from breeders or um, wherever you procure them from, um, sort of at that six to eight week mark. I mean, hopefully not before that age. Um, and at that age, um, usually, hopefully, they've had their yeah. first um, puppy vaccination. Um, so they've already had a check from a vet um, as part of their um, first vaccination and, and have hopefully ruled out major um you know, health issues and that sort of thing, um, and um, should have been wormed a couple of times for intestinal worms up until that stage. So if your pup comes home at six to eight weeks of age um, and it's already had its first vaccination, it will then uh, be due for its next vet check um, at the 10 to 12 week of age mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can have your puppy at home for a couple of weeks probably before you go to your vet. So there's there's some things to do in that time, certainly on health grounds um, that sort of need to be attended to. Um, I mean, but on that, like if you've got a puppy and you um, from somewhere probably not a breeder or and you're not just not really sure if they've actually seen a vet yet, yep. get them in to see your vet probably sooner rather yeah, than absolutely. later. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you mean if the Pet's been examined by a vet and has had a vaccination. There should yes. be a vaccination certificate that goes That's along right. with it with a little sticker um, from the yep. type of vaccination and it tells you which vaccination the puppy's had um, and a signature and most likely you know, address details and that sort of thing of the, of the vet that's um, that's checked the puppy mm-hmm. out. So if you haven't got that sort of paperwork with the puppy, yeah, I mean, maybe you'd be questioning um, what, yeah. what what has happened with the puppy sort of thing. And, and some puppies um, come home from uh, breeders and, and uh, welfare agencies, that sort of thing, with like a, a puppy instruction list of of yes, things that have, they've had done um, and things that they um, sort of need done um, and certainly go through that paperwork and have a look at what the recommendations are. Oh, look, I've seen lots of puppy packs um, over the years mm. and, and some of them have got some really good information in them um, and are quite um, a quite good checklist to follow um, and some of them aren't really um, up to date and up to, yes. to standards with the, the local requirements or just general healthcare and, and you know, some people have Things got, have changed over the years too. Things have changed over the years and, and look, some people have got um, alternative views on what, mm. what health um, things should be uh, updated and, and kept up to mm-hmm. uh, with and puppies. personal preferences. Personal preferences and that sort of thing. So, so yeah, look, it is, it's difficult to make an across-the-board blanket statement on, on anything because, you know, um, listenership out there, I mean, mm-hmm. across Australia and across the world, there's certainly different regional um, diseases mm-hmm. and different regional parasite problems, but you can really sort of make some uh, standard recommendations general, for yeah. puppies, yeah, and then obviously be guided by your local healthcare professional and the particular yep. needs for your um, for your area, uh, and that's basically for you know vaccinations and also for um, for parasite control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
What do you recommend as the very first thing? I think we'd have to go with worming. It's the first yeah, thing we have to worry worm, about. Yeah, worming's really important because um, puppies are particularly prone um, to worms for, so a, cu- for a couple of different worms, reasons. So. Intestinal worms, that's correct. Um, so puppies, uh, if their mother hasn't been wormed adequately mm-hmm. during her pregnancy, um, puppies can actually be born with hookworms in particular um, as a major um, health concern. And obviously, unfortunately, um, puppies at four, five, six weeks of age that need blood transfusions because they've lost all their blood. Essentially, so um, they attach to their stomach and they suck out all suck the it, good stuff. Little yep. blood suckers, yeah, um, and it doesn't take that nasty. many worms, um, you know, to suck all the blood out of a puppy. Well, puppies aren't that big, so yeah, and you know they're grots. <laughs> um, as far as yeah, you know, para- are. parasites are, you know, fecal um, yeah. transfer. So, a lot of them so, in the group, so. Um, if they're, you know, um, stepping around in their own poop and, and in, mm-hmm. you know, puppy pens and that sort of thing, I mean, they've probably had reasonable um, poop exposure um, over the couple of weeks before you get them. Um, and if they haven't been adequately wormed, and, and my standard recommendation um, is worming at two weeks, four weeks, six yeah. weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks, twelve weeks of age. So, so each two weeks, weeks until twelve weeks of age. Yeah. Um, and again, if you're not sure, um, has the you know the breeder or whoever you got the puppy off um, worm them? Like you can't overworm them. Yes, so, so if, if in doubt it. at all, um, the wormer that you know you've administered, um, you know the puppy's got, and then yes. that sort of resets that that two week time schedule from there. And if you're not, um, yeah, you know, not absolutely sure that the, the, the worming schedule has been done, because it is, yeah, you know, it's really it's really, really important, important um, because it, you know it can be fatal. So um, your intestinal wormers that you'll buy either um, online through us or through your vet clinic, yep. they cover the puppy for hookworm, roundworm. Tapeworms. Yeah, it depends on the, which, which one you're using. Yep. Yep. And again, there's a multitude <laughs> out there. But, I mean, hookworms and roundworms are the most important ones yep. for puppies. Um, they haven't got enough time for tapeworms really to be a problem. Yep. Um, and, you know, younger puppies um, and littler puppies, um, some liquids are, are quite good options. Mm-hmm. Um, once the puppies start to get heavier, like most of those liquids are sort of one mil per kilo. So yes. if you're looking at, you know, medium to large breed dogs when they're six to eight weeks of age and they're, you know, six or seven or eight kilos, mm-hmm. um, that's a lot of volume of liquid yeah, to get so into them as opposed to a onto a tablet. Oh, a little tablet, yeah. yeah. Um, so it just yeah, it depends a little bit on which way you're going to put it in there, but it's hookworms and roundworms are the most, most important ones for that, for your for that young, young puppy stage. Yeah. So did, uh, well, you'll either use a liquid or a tablet and you just follow the directions based on the puppy's weight, Correct. Uh, weight at the time. So yep. keep in mind that they grow and some of your big breeds grow very yep. quickly. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, big breeds, I mean, put on a kilo a week yes. pretty much from, so from, from when you get them, so they go up pretty quickly. two weeks you're going to need to change the dose probably. Poten- potentially, yes. yeah. And, I mean, you know, Good bathroom scales are fairly accurate. I mean, mm. your vet clinic's going to have a good set of um, accurate scales yeah. if, you, if you're not sure. Um, and, I mean, realistically, all the wormers are, are very safe as far as they have um, a big safety dosage, margin, yeah, so. dosage level. So err on the side of um, make sure you give me enough, not too little, yes. realistically. Yeah, just round up to the nearest, you know, half tablet or, or tablet size mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, would be, the, would be the way to go. Okay, so we've covered our worming. Yep. What would you consider next? Maybe, I guess, of course, you bring him home. They need somewhere to sleep. Yeah, sleeping arrangements is important and, and it depends on the household and, and mm-hmm. the history and if you've got um, other dogs other in the dogs. house, what, what what's their sleeping arrangement mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, I mean, the common... Um, uh, story of puppies coming home is mm-hmm. where do we have that first night and how yeah. are we going to keep him or her comfortable and quiet and settled for the night? Um, and that which is realistically not going to happen. You'll probably be up to them at some point. Quite possibly. <laughs> um, so I mean, really, I'm a big fan of um, of crate training. Yes. Um, if you are going to have a, a dog that's inside, or even um, if they're going to end up as an outside dog, I mean, young puppies a lot of the time, you know, outside yards aren't suitable for for young puppies because of the you know size of mesh fences and little puppies squeeze through. Small yeah. holes and that sort of thing, and, and it's going and to be a bit scary for them coming, yeah, a bit leaving scary. the litter. Everything's new, yep. so I mean, crate training where you've got 
them confined to an area um, in a crate, preferably. I mean, some people use play pens and that sort of thing, um, yeah. which are just sort of fences. But um, when you've got fences, they've got an open top to them, and that mm. sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Um, and it's I sort of recommend starting with the pet where you want it to finish up. Um, yep. As in, if you want to have the pet sleeping in your bedroom, well, that's fine, um, mm-hmm. and, and that means that the pet, you know, with the crate in the bedroom um, from mm-hmm. day one is fine. Um, if you don't want them in the bedroom, if you want them to be, you know, in the yes, garage yeah. or down the other end of the house or wherever, um, that's probably the best spot for them for that first night because yeah. if they um, get used to sleeping beside your bed, yeah. um, you know, in the bedroom, and then a week later you want to shift them to another room, you're probably going to go through the, the transition period again, again of, of changing circumstances sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that crate training, look, it's not a punishment area. It's it's just a happy zone, yeah. basically. And it's a chill-out zone too, somewhere chill they can zone, go. Yeah, somewhere they can go and, and just be happy, like if you're going down the shops or mm-hmm. something, um, and it doesn't have to be a, a rumble dome. It's not a play mm-hmm. pen as such. I mean, it's a you know, bed at one end and, and you know, puppy pad um, at the yep. other end if you wish to. Um, and sometimes water, I don't usually recommend um, water, like for you know, overnight Little and that ones, sort of thing, yep. because they're, you know, if they've had adequate exposure to water beforehand, it's just another thing for them to... Get up and knock over and play with and, mm-hmm. and everything else and, and, I mean, have as little stimulation in there as possible realistically because you don't want them getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning and, and attacking their squeaky duck toy um, and playing with that. It's, it's really, just like a baby, really. <laughs> yeah, it's really just, okay, there's a sleeping spot, there's a toilet spot yep. if I need it and um, and nothing else is going to be happening. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they can have, you know, a fluffy toy that they can cuddle up to sort mm-hmm. of thing, but, yeah, not a not a play toy as yep. such would be my recommendation, yeah. So... I mean, the really good crates are really good for a number of reasons and teaching them from a young age. Um, I know you use them still with your older Dalmatians. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, they sleep in there, they're in there if you're not home. I mean, they're great if you've got an injury or an illness where you can lock them up Um, because you know that they're safe. You know what they can and can't get into. You know where they're going to the toilet. Um, They're not going to be able to destroy your couch if they're in there. That's right. And, um, um, and, you know, if you're going to visit parents or friends or whatever, um, you know, they've got that safety area and that, yes. that um that you know um recognition of that's that's where they go to bed so you can yes. you know, collapse the crate down and take it to wherever they're staying that night yeah. and they've got that that bit of home that they usually settle you know easier essentially so and it is much easier to start them at an earlier age with your crate training than to try and introduce it later it's definitely um something that i really it's not People might think, oh, that's mean putting them in a crate, but it's really not. It's actually really good for both you and the puppy. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. And, I mean, you know, there's plenty of dogs that don't sleep in crates no. and, and get on quite happily. So, I mean, it, it's just if you can do crate training, the start's the time to start, yeah. it, essentially. Um, and if it's not a crate training, if it's in the you know, laundry or the bathroom a or something room. like that, it's just trying to you know, minimise the um, – Destruction. The, the destruction and the play <laughs> area, essentially, because you, you don't want them getting up and, and wanting to get active you know, at, at 2 o'clock mm. in the morning. And, and look – a six to eight week old puppy is going to wee 14, 15 times a day um, and there's no yeah. way to, around that. So your choices are either, um, you know, take it out to the toilet for its toilet breaks or have somewhere where it's okay to, to do to the, the toilet, toilet break. The, the, the trouble I see with getting up to the toilet is the puppy makes a noise and, and someone gets up and um, takes the puppy outside and um, – Sometimes a wee happens and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's okay. I'm awake and I want to have a play. play. So certainly, if if it's if we're going out for a toilet break, it's just okay. Toilet time and there's minimal mm-hmm. otherwise interaction or excitement or anything else. Um, and then back to bed in as um, calmer way as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's um, certainly brings us to toileting, I guess. Um, that's where the puppy pads come in handy if you've got them um, set up in your crate for them 
or in an area in the house, I guess, if you've got if they're free roaming. If, if um, that's the way you want to do it, yeah, yep. certainly. Um, and I mean, the further they've got to free roam unsupervised, uh, um, can sometimes become a problem. Yeah. So I, I mean, again, the crate training side of things, meaning when you're not actively supervising them, I yep. mean, uh, a crate's a good safe place for them to mm-hmm. be. They can be chewing on a, you know, a puppy chew toy um, or chew treat or mm. something like that, um, while you can't actively supervise them. Um, and then if they're going to be inside dogs, they can be, you know, running around the house while you're actively supervising them. Um, but you know, it, they're going to get up from sleep have probably a wee then and then play for 20 minutes and probably have another wee um, and then they'll be okay again for a while there but yep. you know there's a fair bit of toileting happens and, and the more uh, often you can have them toileting in the good um, place that you want them to go to the toilet the, the better off you are basically yep. and, and you know praising them and rewarding them when they go in the right place um, and just trying to interrupt them if they if you catch them in the act, don't chastise them or yeah, rub their nose or anything like that. I mean, that doesn't, doesn't do work. any um, good and it just makes them more anxious about things and more likely to hide behind the couch and yeah. do it somewhere out of sight. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you just want to reward the, 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 the appropriate positive behaviour essentially. Yeah. Um, I heard like a good idea of how often a doggy, a puppy would have to go to the toilet was so roughly however old they are in months um, – that's how oft, how many hours between toilet breaks is an idea. Does that make sense? So if they're two months old, every two hours they need yeah, to go to the toilet? That's probably pretty close to it. Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard that one before, but, yeah, yeah. That, that, that would be pretty right. Yeah. So it, you do get it, out of it. it like it, that's It's often. The, and, yeah, it's not, oh, my gosh, they're peeing everywhere and they're yep. going all the time. I mean, it happens less frequently. That's but they age, if yep. you're training them to go in the right place less frequently, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, if they're still, you know, six or 12 months old and they're going in the wrong spot. Um, you're still cleaning it up. Yeah, that's not necessarily mm. much fun but uh, working on that then so by the time the 12 months old they sort of can go that 12 hours or overnight at least without yeah. having to go to the bathroom so yeah, there is light at the end of the tunnel correct. it's not that bad yeah, yeah it's just it's just um, the joys of owning puppies yeah that's just yeah. one of the things that's probably oh, it's probably one of the hardest things to get you know they're, they're time consuming for the the amount hmm. of um, input but that early you know early training and early input yep. um, pays off later in life i mean hopefully they're gonna be around for somewhere between you know, what, 10, eight, 15 eight and years? 15 and <laughs> longer years yep. um, depending on the size of the dog and, and you know that, that initial training period and that goes mm. with you know tour training and um, socialization yep. and, and just basic obedience training yep. so you've got a bit of a handle on them whether they're going to be a two kilo to hour yep. or a 80 kilo it does matter yep yeah it's um you know it's 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 time well spent mm-hmm. yep yep do you recommend a toileting area as such in the yard? Like obviously in the side we've got puppy pads. Do you say pick a spot that then becomes their toileting area? Yeah, yeah I, I don't. To try and take just, them I mean, or... at my place it's just the grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, anything with grass yeah, is fine. Yeah, so I mean I just, um, you yeah, know, again, if they're puppies, you know, they're probably going to want to have a poop after they eat. I mean that's yes, the meal times is the most yeah. common one. So. so that's sort of like 20 minutes after they eat you'll sort yeah, of see them heading out to the toilet? Or less, yeah. Yep. I mean I usually just say feed them and then, you know, supervise their feeding and make sure they're eating and then, you know, go yeah. for a Stroll out on the toilet yep. and they'll follow you out there. Sorry, go for a stroll out on the <laughs> lawn, which is their <laughs> toilet, um, and um, and just you know poke around and, and you can start the you know training them to voice commands if you wish yes. to, like um, poos and peas or toilet or whatever, yep. um, and um, talk to them nicely mm. um, when they do the right thing, give them a pat and a bit of a scratch. Yeah, um, positive and, reinforcement. Yeah, it it, it definitely helps. Yep. Yeah. All right, so I think we've got toileting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess the other thing I should mention on that is there are. 
if they do happen to have accidents, which 90% of them are going to have some sort of accident, you're going to have wee or poo in somewhere you don't want it to be. Uh, There are a number of products available that are really (laughs) designed to clean it up because it can be, well, especially the urine can be a little bit on the nose. So you need something with some enzymes in it to actually clean it, especially if it gets into your grout or on your carpet or something. So we've got a number of products online that can help you clean up that. um, (laughs) And you you want to um, dissolve the odours rather than just cover them up with something that smells stronger like bleaches and that sort of thing because if you, you know, get a little bit later on in life and you're looking at marking Mm behaviour, if there is a strong smell there, um, pets that like marking on top of strong smells, there's there's still a strong smell there. It may not smell like wee, but it smells like something Something. else strong. Um, So, yeah, so the ends on base cleaners are certainly the way to go. Yep, so that'll get rid of that smell. Pretty much for good. It'll work out and break it down, won't it? Correct. So, yep. Yep. so that's what you um, probably should get as part of owning a puppy, honestly. Yeah, some urine off or something similar yeah. would probably be a good idea to yep. have in the um, clean-up arsenal. Yeah. Because it's really... probably not if, it's when. No. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'd have it on hand when yep. you bring the puppy home because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to have to wait a few days to go and get it. Yeah. Um, so I think next uh, probably need to talk about feeding, maybe. Yep. Um, so, again, uh, it depends on which way you want to go and what your other dogs mm-hmm. um, have been eating as to how you want to feed um, your puppy. Certainly, I mean, you obviously want a balanced diet that's suitable and sustainable for um, muscle growth and bone growth and joints and, and um, everything through their growing needs. And, and certainly puppies have got a, a requirement for a more concentrated mm-hmm. energy food source. Um, so that first 12-month period is really important, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's when everything's developed. Yeah, yes. So, I mean, if you're looking at um, – you know, you know, premium brand food and that yep. sort of thing. I mean, if you if you're gonna um, go for premium brand food, you know, at any time in their life. I mean, usually I say it's at both ends. Yeah. Um, so you know, puppyhood up to twelve months old is very important, and then you know you can have specific conditions um, later on in life. Um, and, but I mean, the premium brand foods are, are very good. If you're doing um, homemade diets mm-hmm. or combination of homemade diets, I mean, just yeah, do some um, very good research mm-hmm. or be guided by your veterinary health professional as to what a a good balanced diet is, because you know, just meat alone certainly isn't a, a balanced diet on no, its own. There's a lot of vitamins and minerals that these growing puppies need, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah, and, and you know, in um, certain concentrations, is it? Correct. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, dogs they're not carnivores, they're omnivores. Mm. Um, so they need um a you know, a, a food source certainly other than protein, which mm-hmm. is what meat is, and that doesn't matter whether it's you know chicken or lamb or pork or beef or whatever the yep. the, the protein source is, they need something other than so, that. So uh, yeah, that would be meaning the cereal, the grain, the fruit, the veg, that side yeah, of things so yeah. what they need yeah. to balance and, that out. And you know, minerals and ground bone and mm-hmm. you know, all that sort of stuff. So um Which is yeah. I guess why those premium kibble, the biscuit style foods are Probably the easiest option. Well, absolutely the easiest, yeah, because mm. it's already in there. Um, and you, and you can the you can make you know balanced mm-hmm. homemade diets, and and there's other sort of alternatives like the um, raw food diets and bath mm-hmm. diets and that sort of thing. I mean, they're they're you know available out there, and then there's the you know freeze dried equivalents of those. Um, yep. that, and you know, there's lots of grain free varieties and that sort of thing now. So um, just have a think about what you you know want to feed, and, and my standard recommendation is you know ask what they have been getting fed, um, nice. and you know ideally probably transition over a couple of days from what they have been getting fed to whatever you're going so to feed. try and continue them on the same thing. Ideally, yeah, because any – It helps you know, avoid that tummy upset a little yeah, bit. any rapid changes in mm. the diet can, um, can you know, cause a bit of a non-specific yep. gut upset. Um, and then it's sort of – Pick what you want to feed and then try and stick to it. Yep. Um, because if you're changing you know, brands or changing how you're feeding them on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. well, it's just more inconsistency that, that, yep. that their body's sort of got to deal with. Um, timing wise, I mean, certainly six to eight weeks of age, um, yeah, pets, no, sorry, puppies certainly 
um, need probably three meals a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a morning and you know, an afternoon feed, sometime and an evening feed, because two meals a day at that age is is probably you know more than their belly on legs can mm-hmm. stand, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty much what they are at that age. Yes. Um, and then transitioning down to you know, two meals a day mm-hmm. at the sort of twelve meat week mark or thereabouts um, and still feeding you know, twice a day through yep. until they're six, eight months of age at least is, is my recommendation. Yeah, I think um, you probably need to take some advice on from your vet on what to feed them, I guess, depending on um, – because honestly there are just so many options yeah, out there. Heaps, so heaps, heaps, of, heaps of different options. Breed and, specific, size specific. Yep. Uh, there's just so much out there. Yep. So unless you have – done all your research and you really know it's probably um, a good thing to have a conversation to your vet about yeah, or your yeah, puppy preschool have, have a talk about your puppy mm. preschool and you know anyone that's um that's got a good um, factual basis yeah in animal nutrition would be a good start yep. essentially it yeah. is really important yeah. so yeah first two months is, is pivotal and, and certainly puppy food until 12 months of age and, and mm-hmm. then over on to you know a more adult based diet after that yep yeah Okay, so that's covered the food. So what about I think the next oh probably one of the most important things about keeping our puppies help healthy is their vaccinations. Yep. So um so as we said should have had their first vaccination at 6 to 8 mm-hmm. weeks of age and if not would recommend yeah a, Straight a visit in for to the vet it. for a, a checkup because if they haven't been vaccinated well they haven't been examined most likely mm-hmm. by, by a vet to um just give them a good check over and um that second vaccination as I said at 10 um, weeks of age um from now there's a basic Mm-hmm. vaccination this recommendation yeah, in Australia for um, a C5 vaccination. So C is, is just canine and five is five different diseases. So that's your parvovirus, distemper, hepatitis, um, and your two dog flus, two kennel cough um, diseases, your C5 yep. vaccination. Um, most of the newer vaccinations um, have got a uh, a new protocol where they don't need a 14 to 16 week vaccination anymore if you use the right vaccine mm-hmm. um, and that'll be dependent on um, the local circumstances and also um, which vaccines that the, your vet's the vet stocking is yeah, yep. basically um, but there are vaccines available that, that you know the last vaccination at that mm-hmm. 10 to 12 week mark and that's it for another 12 months yep. um, there are some regions in Australia that have got um, specific vaccination recommendations for additional um Diseases certainly mm-hmm. uh, north of Mackay in Australia um, on the in coast. Yeah. Um, there's a disease called um, Leptoastralis, which mm-hmm. is a rat we um, mm. spread um, bacterial infection, which is pretty nasty. So um, be guided by your local Locals. vet there on the recommendations there, and, mm-hmm. and also um, some pockets down around Melbourne and also over in um, southern WA for um, a different strain of <laughs> lepto um, um, a lot of vets include that in their standard vaccination mm-hmm. protocols as well so that's um again something to be guided by yeah, yeah. once again just talk to your vet and see yep. um what they recommend and whatever vaccine they're using yep. i guess um another thing to point out on the vaccination front is that until they've had that last vaccine whether whatever it be that 12 week or the 14 16 week yep. um they're not actually fully vaccinated until they've had that last vaccine they haven't got their full immunity developed so you really shouldn't be um socializing them with other dogs in that aren't vaccinated or in areas that you don't know what dogs have been around yeah i mean parvo is the main one that's that's devastating so parvo virus um, is horrible yeah. especially for puppies it's just it's basically a gastrointestinal 
horrible, situation. Horrible gastrointestinal um, mm. uh, diarrhea, vomiting. vomiting. Bug, it's basically, just, you did a podcast on it. Um, it's in the archives. Yeah, so you can check um, out the podcast about parvovirus, but but definitely, it's um, you know fecal spread. Any dog that yep. may have pooped somewhere in the last two years that had parvo, that that ground essentially contaminated. So you're really just avoiding public spaces. So yes. it's pretty much staying as a homebody um, as long as your yard hasn't had a dog with parvo in it mm. um, in the last you know two years. Um, and yeah, pretty much staying as a homebody or um, if you're going to someone's place that you know very well and their pets are fully vaccinated and they've yeah, been there, lived there for a while, I mean, that's probably of minimal risk. Yep. Um, but realistically, it's, it's probably stay fairly much yeah. at home um, or carrying your pet to a safe area and safe area might mm. be um, you know, your local vet clinic or um, mm-hmm. or um, facility that's doing puppy preschool. Yep. So they're on. So your puppy preschools, they'll all be – they'll all have had – some form of vaccination. Uh, vaccination and on a, you know, a, a liner or a yes. you know, sealed floor that you can um, vi- virucide basically. So, all your so it's vet clinics should clean. be clean. Well and truly they disinfect and Correct. kill anything that's possible. Um, so, yeah, so basically you just want to avoid public spaces where other dogs walk that yeah. you don't know what their vaccination status is, which is pretty much stay home or carry them. Mm. And I think that's something people forget about because everyone wants yeah, to share their new little puppy. Exciting. Look at my yep. puppy. And, and, I mean, and you yeah, do. And, and the puppies like playing with other dogs, but it's just, yeah, just be mindful. Of, of they're not fully vaccinated, probably until um, seven to ten days after, after their final vaccination. Yep. 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 So just keep that in mind. That is really important until yep. they've had that last vaccination. Once they've had that last vaccination, they're right then. Uh, seven to ten days afterwards, yep. they can go and do whatever you need to do. That's right. Yep. And then they get another one in 12, um, 12 months' time. 12 months after that. And then after that. It depends on which vaccination mm-hmm. you're using as to what the protocol is after that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but definitely um, keep their vaccinations up to date. Yep. Yep. Okay, great. We've covered the vaccinations. Let's okay. Let's talk about the external parasites mm-hmm. like our fleas and ticks because yep. they're the things that we see and they're the things that we tend to not like as humans. Yep, absolutely. But <laughs> dogs don't uh, like them either. Uh, so again, there's some regional um, locality yes. troubles with the the tick side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, paralysis ticks um, are a problem only on the you know, east, where we are east coast um, area of seaboard of Australia, which mm-hmm. is still a pretty extensive area. Um, so definitely need to keep paralysis ticks in mm-hmm. mind um, for, for prevention and, and puppies get them you know, just as much as, as adult as dogs do. Course. I mean, they might be crashing through the bush less than mm. adult dogs when you take them for walks, but, I mean, there's you know, plenty of my um, clients have got, you know, acreage and that sort of thing yep. and, and they've got paralysis ticks in there. But even in yard. the backyard they can get them, can't yep, they? absolutely. You if, you, can... if you've got adjacent bushland or mm. long, long grass or scrubby stuff adjacent, you can have paralysis tick trouble. Oh, so random things bringing, like, wildlife yep. coming past. Yep. So, so um, yeah, again, be guided by your local um, healthcare professionals as to mm-hmm. what's in your local environment. Yep. Um, fleas everywhere in Australia. Basically, yes. there's nowhere that doesn't have fleas. <laughs> um, there's, um, you know, the cooler months in the southern states, you probably see less fleas, but there's there's there. never such thing as a there's no fleas mm-hmm. around season. So standard recommendations is just have them on flea control. Year round. Year round Always. Because be if you haven't got fleas, that's good. Yep. Um Will it remain that way if you're not on prevention? It may or it may not. Um, mm. And if you miss that, it. if you miss those first couple of fleas, then you've mm-hmm. got a couple of thousand to deal with, and, and it takes a couple of months to get back it on does. top of things. So certainly, prevention is easier than than cure um, yep. on the flea front because they're such insidious little buggers. Um, and look, there's there's a multitude of different there's options, um, which I'm not going to list them. No. List them all. They off, range from a spot on on the back through to a tablet to a chew. Yeah. Um, they treat for a different amount of time for each thing. Yep. Uh, most of them are safe from eight weeks of age, some a little bit younger, but definitely check the packet. Yep. So if you're getting a six-week-old puppy, I suggest just checking what you're going to give them because yep. some of them aren't um, safe until that eight-week of age. Yep. 
dose for the right weight is yep, probably right, the big right thing. Right weight and um, you don't want to bring anything home. I mean, probably mm-hmm. not so much ticks, but certainly fleas. Um, you know, if there if there's any sign of fleas on them, you know, when you when you pick, pick, them, pick up. them up, I mean, that's probably the time to um, give them a you know one of the ones that's safe for you know young puppies or yes. um, like a, a natural pyrethrin rinse. Um, will kill anything that's that's on them if you them, if yep. you wet them all over. And I've mm-hmm. seen lots of puppies that have got flea free bodies, but their little head um, that, didn't, oh, yeah. that didn't get wet has still got fleas on it. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, shampoos and Rinses can be effective at killing the fleas that are on them, but it's just not a great long-term. They sort of only work for the program. 48, 72 yeah, hours stage, or, or just a shampoo only works for while it's on there because you wash yep. it back off again. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's important that you don't want to bring any parasites home, and mm-hmm. that, that would be reasonable. But as a long-term flea prevention strategy, yeah, bathing and um, mm-hmm. uh, rinses tend not to work that well. Yep. Yeah. If you want more information on fleas, because it's such a big topic and treating fleas and getting them under control. Yeah. Um, we have done a pod- podcast on it earlier. If you search back somewhere, we've got a podcast on um, like a free flea refresher course. Yep. So it gives you some more information on sort of the products out there and the different information about fleas because it is quite a big topic. That's right. But and, treat um, your puppies basically. Right. And, and, I mean, the other thing which I didn't mention is um, – not just paralysis ticks, like there's brown dog ticks, yep. um, depending on, again, what area yep. of the country you live in. In general, the further north you go and the further west you go, the more um, brown dog ticks you'll mm-hmm. see. It's pretty rare in Brisbane. It's probably even more rare in Sydney and Melbourne. But yep. um, but the further north you go in, in definitely Queensland and Northern Territory and WA, um, you know, brown dog ticks can be a real problem. Um, and... Anything that kills paralysis ticks kills brown dog ticks, yeah. um, but you've just and they're actually easy to kill. So some of the dosage recommendations, timing yeah, wise, um, will only kill paralysis ticks for two weeks, but they'll kill brown dog ticks yes. for four weeks. Um, and uh, you know, there's collars that are very effective for mm-hmm. either ticks alone or fleas and ticks as well. So um, yeah, there's lots of different options there. It's really just be guided by your local circumstances. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's lots of different mm-hmm. variables on the parasite yep. control. Main thing is they should be on it. Okay. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. So we've got them – I think we've got them healthy, yep. <laughs> covered all their little health issues. So I think the other thing we need to talk about is um, probably some training, some puppy training and socialising sort of stuff that we need to remember when you've got a puppy because it really is, you know, uh, they only have known their mother and their litter and then they're moving out of their litter to become a part of your family. Yep. So you need to teach them – well, what's right and wrong? It's just raising a little puppy. Yeah, and look, it's making your life easier in the long term. And um, it really does. Yeah, and it's, I mean, in the short term, it's investing, you know, a small amount of time regularly, and that's mm. the best way to learn. I mean, you can go to, you know, puppy preschools I'm a big fan of, and, yep. and that's both for socialisation, but also, um, you know, getting to know, your, knowledge. Getting to know your puppy. And, and yeah, it's really, it's not about training the puppy, it's about um, training the empowering the owners <laughs> to, um, you know, be able to train the puppy, yep. essentially, yeah. and, and that might be, you know, one person in the family or... or if you've got a, you know, kids in the family, mm. getting everyone on board. So um, consistency is a big key yes. with um, you know, with puppy and dog training. And if everyone's on the same boat and knows you know, what's, uh, what we're going to you know, think is a good thing and what's going yeah. to be a bad thing and, and the way that we're going to um, you know, train around those things, it's it's very good. And, and certainly puppy preschool um, is a good idea if you can get along and, and organise that. A lot of vet clinics offer puppy preschools yeah, just ring around the and, area. And RSBCAs and, and yep. welfares and those sort of agencies are offering lots of classes and there's plenty of private classes as well right. um, out there. So there's, you know, there's lots of options um, and it's certainly beneficial. I mean, they don't um, – if you, if you miss puppy preschool for whatever reason, I mean, certainly in general obedience training is still very good. 
Um, yep. And again, you know, a couple of months of basic obedience sits day, um, mm. heal, walk beside me yep. um, on lead commands. I mean, that makes life much simpler if you want to take your dog for a walk and oh, they're not dragging does. you down the street. They're, they're yep. staying beside you happily. That makes life a lot simpler. Yep. And um, yeah, and also, it's easy to say. I know, I know I'm – one that uh, maybe didn't have a very well-trained Dalmatian. <laughs> <laughs> but that was because she used to just take a message and get back to me later on things. She yeah. was just on oh, her look, rules. So, but so, so, so deafness is a big part <laughs> of the Dalmatian It world. is. Yeah. But um, it's definitely something that will make your life ongoingly easier. Yep. Um, and it's also a, quite a safety thing for your dog too when yep. you look if you – if they get out on the, on the street and they get away from you and you can yell stop, heal – stay yep. those things are really important they can actually end up saving their lives yep, so absolutely and and not just that it's um you know when they're going to go to the vets or the when you're, when, when you're easy, looking after yep. them at home i mean it's can you handle their feet to cut their toenails yeah, can you clean their ears one. out to look in their ears if they've got infections yep. or just like for routine maintenance mm-hmm. cleaning um you know can you flip them over and look at their belly you yep. know all those things that you know make um pet ownership a lot easier because you can just do you know the little stuff and and if you've got your pet for 15 years and it's needed it's, it's toenails cut every four to six weeks for 15 Glenn's years talking about this because my dalmatian is <laughs> just sedated cut of thing her toenails yeah it, it's right. <laughs> it, it, it's really common you know toenails are a really big thing but they they grow all the time and um they you know usually need some attention so it's just one of those things that, that basic level of obedience yeah um, definitely they're more likely to um tolerate it better yeah. Yeah. for the record i only got her when she was like three years old, so <laughs> it wasn't all on me. Sure, back. That's right. <laughs> she got worse as she got older. That's for but sure. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's really common. And, and my dogs, you know, they don't love their toenails being yeah. clipped. I mean, they'll tolerate it, and and well, I can pamper them through with liver treat yeah. rewards and that sort of thing. But it's yeah, I mean, it's just having that base level of obedience um, for all those things certainly yeah. helps a lot. And yeah. things like your puppy preschool will also help them. Um, socialize with other dogs, yep. I guess, and teach you how to handle your dog in a situation where there are other dogs around. That's right. Yep. Because let's face it, we want to take our dogs places with us. They're part of our family these yep. days. So, and you know, they're, they're pack animals, and that means I mean we're you know part of their family yep. assembly as well. And um, you know, there's there's a fair few you know people live in units and small mm-hmm. blocks and that sort of thing. And, and you know, one dog households are probably more common now than they you know, yes. used to be. So um, that exposure to other dogs in the long term certainly makes things you know, easier because, you know, it's not much fun having a dog that, that doesn't socialise well yeah. with other animals. And, and even if they're living on their own, I mean, you know, you've potentially still got to go yeah. to the vet or, you know, go for a walk and, and, you know, sometimes they've got to stay at your mother's and yep. you know, all that sort of thing. So if they can interact mm. with other dogs well, I mean, again, uh, their life and your life is, is much happier. Yep. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I think – oh, well, desexing, actually. That's one other thing we have to talk about as yep. they get a little bit older. Yeah, and look, I mean, again, be guided by your veterinary health yep. professional, but um, we've done a podcast on desexing mm-hmm. again not, not that long ago. It's something to certainly strongly consider if you're not considering um, breeding or um, – Showing your pet mm-hmm. um, desexing um, makes life a lot simpler, certainly, and, and there's there's um, numerous health benefits from it, and very few, I won't say none, but mm. very few um, drawbacks from it. So, um, standard recommendation at six to eight months of age, yep. um, essentially for desexing, unless you've got a, a reason to not do them at that age. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just think about that. You know, having that in the in the 
planner essentially yep. for a couple of months down the track after you've yes. got them essentially and and look the smaller they are to some extent the easier um, mm-hmm. I mean the surgery is and the, I think the less it knocks them around to yeah, some, they bounce to some back extent pretty quick, yeah, but they? there's no advantage doing them before six months of age yep. um, but anytime after six months of age is fine yep yeah um, definitely something that I think you should be putting in the calendar to have done yeah, back it's, just, it's just, yeah, there's, there's there's a lot more reasons to do it than not do it, put it that way. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, oh, the other thing, microchipping. Yep. This is really, really important and this is, I mean, these days most puppies um, coming from a welfare league or RSPCA or even a breeder should be microchipped before you get them. Should be, again, depending on your locality That's and right. um, different states have got different uh, legislations and, um, I mean, more rural areas, um, there's sort of exemptions for um, rural dogs yep. on, on rural properties in most jurisdictions. Um, but in general, um, certainly be. urban dogs, I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully they've been done because it's the right thing to do. It is. Um, and, I mean, in some states it's you know, legislation that they yep. need to be done before they go on to new owners. That's certainly the, the case in Queensland. Um, but, you know, if, if your pet isn't microchipped, um, strongly recommend getting them done yeah. because, you know, I see a multitude of lost pets probably every Glenn's day. Get, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say it's every um, day. Yeah, that um, if they've got a microchip and the microchip details are kept so up to date, to uh, and that's the other thing you think about um, when you uh-huh. have, you know, taking ownership of the new puppy, if it's already been microchipped, well, those details need to be changed over. Yep. Um, and hopefully the person that you buy um, or get the puppy off um, we'll gives give you, you the, paperwork. the transfer paperwork yes. to make that um, that transition easier. If you're not sure if they're microchipped, again, your first vet, first, um, vet, check. vet check, you know, just vets can scan them and then, okay, the 16-digit yep. number comes up and that's the microchip, but then it's looking on the database to find them. Is the microchip registered on the database mm. and whose details and phone numbers yep. and emails and everything are attached to it? Yeah. That's really, really important to make sure that you get them changed over because, I mean, you would see it all the time too, Glenn. Dogs come in and they've got a microchip, but it's yep. not registered well, I'd to say, anyone. I'd say half, half the lost and injured pets that I see um, yep. have got that have got microchips um, mm. haven't got details that are up to date, so, so we can't so contact them. So they're essentially owners. useless, really? Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, it's yeah, the phone number is disconnected, or mm-hmm. or it's in a completely different state, and and the pet is known by that person yep. anymore, or it's still in the breeder's name, um, yep. and the breeder hasn't got the contact details of the new owner, or yep. the, or the dogs, you know, change hands um, again, yeah. and, and you just don't know who's um, whose puppy it is, and that's no good for the for the no, dog. It's not. Yeah. So that is definitely something that you need to get onto yep. as early as you can, yeah, per- preferably can. when you get the puppy handed over to you have yeah. that paperwork sorted yeah. there and there and on the spot that, that's the easy way to do it because yep. otherwise it gets more complicated with stat decks and, and all that yes, sort of thing yeah right. to transfer yeah. to, to, to ownership because the microchip you know, in absence of anything else microchip is ownership um and yeah there's, that's and right. there's been you know gray area cases where um the microchip mm, says that this is the owner right. but it's actually changed hands but the old owner um still says registered. okay i'll take the dog because it's still registered in my name yeah. and, and you know the vet or the rspca has got no reason suspect otherwise because that's what the mock trip details say so it gets complicated and, it and it's much easier if the, everything's up to date yeah yeah so that's definitely something else to think about yeah um not sure i think i've thought sort of covered everything i could think of yeah look i mean there's obviously lots of things to, <laughs> to have in your puppy and, and we probably haven't exhausted everything but that's i think no. that's the coverage of the, you know the main um yep. the main things that are very important to think about and consider um and you know that, even before you bring that puppy home that's right yeah so um, and really. you know some of those things like sleeping arrangements that sort of thing yes. like it's, it's getting that stuff organized um yeah beforehand uh, um rather than rather than running around and doing it now, also, now, now the puppy's home i guess even um Picking a vet is another thing that you should think about before bringing your puppy home. So I guess 
knowing where the closest vet clinic is yeah, or who yeah. you're going to call yeah. in case something goes wrong because, you know, I mean, occasionally it can happen in the first few weeks that something just isn't yeah. right. Yeah, and I mean, and no is that the case, but, you know, you're going to have to take them to the vet at some Eventually, stage. Um, yep. So, yeah, just having that sorted and go mm. by, you know, local recommendations or that's if right. you've obviously got an established relationship, that's good. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, Facebook's been a bit of a boon for that as far as, yeah. you know. Asking friend, for friend, friends in the area, yeah. Yep. Who, who who do you like? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, um, think about that one as well. I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. I don't think I've got anything much more to add to that. No, no, it's a, it's an exciting time. It is that, that so exciting. Puppy kisses oh, and puppy poo. Oh yeah, the, the, <laughs> it was not the puppy poo, but the puppy kisses and the cuddles and the love, and you will get so much joy out of your puppy. And you've got what four hours less time a day. That's exactly to, right. To have because you've spent it. Looking and playing with puppies. <laughs> Make sure that your phone's working for you. Take all your um, little f- shots to put up on Facebook. If it's not on Instagram, it doesn't That's happen. right. Yep. You've got to flood it. Flood Instagram <laughs> with your puppy shots. But, no, it is really an exciting time to have a new little four-legged fur baby come into the house. Yep. And I'm sure that everyone will enjoy it. And um, just, yeah, take on board what we've said. And yep. um, keep it in mind. It'll help you keep your puppy healthy and happy absolutely and yourselves <laughs> yeah that, that early work certainly pays off it does yeah. it does uh just uh keep in mind that it is just all general information that we've been discussing and it may or may not be suitable to your um, current circumstances and if you have any um health concerns or need some advice uh, contact your vet because they're up to date with everything that's happening in the local area and they're definitely the ones if you've even shadow of a doubt about something to do with your puppy's health um give them a call yep absolutely All right. I guess that's it. Thank you for listening, and I hope your new puppies all behave themselves. (laughs) Most of the time. Most of the time. Thanks, guys. See (laughs) you. Thanks. Bye.